And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. And it is Saturday, January the 11th. Uh, the Bat-Around hits the airwaves uh, both on uh, our website, pressboxonline.com radio, and, of course, the way most people uh, bring us in, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And if you do go there on Facebook Live, please like us and share us. Uh, it's the only way we can build our numbers up, and we've been awful the last uh, maybe two, three months at plugging that. When we were last really plugging it, we got up to like a dozen or fourteen shares. Yeah, so that's what we need today. We need fourteen to do that. shares. There you go. That's Craig Heist. Uh, Paul Valley is uh, driving the show today. Uh, Paul, who uh, waits tables part time. Is it part time or full time? Ah, it's it's full time till this starts full-time. paying the bills full time. Baco. Baco, yes Baco sir. Baco is the name of the place. Okay. Out in Abington? Yeah, out in Abington near the Wegmans. All right. Up by JC Penny and Old like Navy. You do pretty well there. Yeah, Makes you are. more money than you and I, Craig. Well, that doesn't it, take a whole lot. That though. doesn't yeah. take a whole lot. Just saying. All right. Hey, uh before we you, you know, this is your weekly uh, baseball fix called the Bat Around. Uh, but we got a pretty important football game being played here in Baltimore today. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. And while I've got Ed, Eddie Matz on to talk some baseball, got Mike Shallon on to talk some baseball, and Bill Latson to talk some baseball, we're going to have Gary Stein on, uh, who will be readying uh, to do his play-by-play game for the UMBC game today uh, out at the event center at UMBC. That game will take place at 12 noon. Uh, Gary's going to join us for about eight or nine minutes to talk a little football. Craig, um, who do you like in this football game that's going to take place tonight at about 8.15? If the Ravens play their game, there's no real reason they shouldn't win it in advance of the AFC Championship game. That said, uh, you are dealing with some players who have not played in three weeks. Uh, you t- think about the bye week, and then also the ones that didn't play the in the final in the right. final game of the regular season. Uh, Derrick Henry uh, obviously had a big big game against the Patriots. Uh, very paramount for the Ravens to be aware of that. Ryan Tannehill, and you say to yourself, "Well, it's Ryan Tannehill," but since he became the starter of the Titans, they're seven and four. He's played very well. Uh, I'm, I think he's got the closest or if not the highest quarterback rating going right now. <laughs> so for everything Lamar Jackson's done, and, and you know, Brian, uh, Brian Billick, uh, John Harbaugh said this, this this week, which I found pretty interesting. Somebody asked him about Lamar and his ability to make plays in the red zone, mm-hmm. okay? And, uh, you know, he brought up a very interesting point. He says, you know, for everything Lamar has done, you look at what Tannehill has done for that team in the red zone, and it's also pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, all things considered, the Ravens are a better team. The Titans are on a roll, 
How that plays, I don't know, but I still like the Ravens to win it somewhere in the vicinity of 24 to 14. Okay. Uh, I've got it like 31 to 16 Ravens. Uh, look, is it possible that the Titans could come here and pull off an upset? Oh, sure. it, it is, but I would say that the chances of the Ravens winning the game are probably in excess of 90% tonight. Um uh, covering the spread, I think it's more like 70%, 65% even. I think the Titans can keep this game close. The one thing I, I get to on this game, Craig, is, uh, and this is, I'll get to my real analysis of the game. Justin Tucker is kicking for the Ravens. Yeah. The guy who's kicking for the Titans has not kicked one field goal this year. Mm-hmm. He has not made one field goal. I think he's their fifth kicker. Right. So just that alone gives me the comfort to say it's 92 93% sure of a, a Ravens victory tonight. Well, that, that aside, yeah. the one thing that I look at, which has been the Ravens' strong point all year long, is basically two-to-one time of possession yeah, in almost every game. Yeah. If the Ravens go out there, run the football, take care of business – and and keep Tannehill off the field. Keep you know Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry off, the off the field. Then yeah. But now here's the thing: for as well as Derrick Henry has run the football for them this year, right? Their time of possession is not that great. They're like thirtieth in the league in time of possession. So when you when you look at it from that standpoint, uh, th- that again is a, is an extra check mark in the Ravens column. Uh, I, I put two things together, too, Craig, about what makes him so difficult. And I, and believe me, I couldn't explain to you why he's so difficult to defense against Lamar Jackson other than what my eyeballs tell me is how incredibly quick he is. But Eric Weddle, when we played the Rams, coming out of that game, he said 50% of the plays, he couldn't tell who had the ball. Right. And then the other day, I'm listening to XM Radio, and they had on Lorenzo Alexander, who's a right. linebacker for the Bills. Right. And Former he, Redskin. Yeah. Yeah. And Lorenzo, he's retiring, mm-hmm. by the way. He was uh, very – he heaped a lot of praise on Tennessee who beat them. He said, you know, we just didn't make enough plays in that game. And then they asked him, they said, you played Baltimore a few weeks ago. And he says, every time I got into position to be exactly where I needed to stop Lamar, or whoever had the ball, Contained, he right. said. He said, all of a sudden there was this three hundred and twenty pound guy, this defensive lineman. This is how he referred to him, and he referred to him three different times in the interview. And he goes, the third time he said, and I apologize, I don't know the the dude's name. And they said, and he goes, but I remember number forty two. Uh-huh. He's a monster. He says, all of a sudden you think you're where you need to be. And all of a sudden, this guy's in front of you, and you can't sort of get around him and see. So the Ravens' scheme that Greg Roman has designed is uh, really fits. You know, remember the old uh, O.J. Simpson, if the glove doesn't fit, he must have quit. This uh, offense fits Lamar Jackson like the proverbial glove. Well, yeah, I think so, and and they've schemed it up right for him. A lot of people talked about whether or not this was sustainable. Well, you know, and I hear Glenn Clark all the time on his radio on on his show here uh, talk about the fact that whenever Lamar carries the football, my initial thought right off the bat is this is great. Don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think most Raven fans are are in that you know are in that boat. And again, 
you know, barring turnovers, you know, and Lamar has done a great job of taking care of the football this year, you know, barring turnovers or anything unforeseen like that, I can't imagine the Ravens not winning this football game. So let me ask you a question. This is a cheap way to get into it, but uh, if you don't have a ticket to tonight's game and you can't get into the game, right? is the Costas in going to be a good place to watch the game? They've got the restaurant's got a couple TVs in there in the big room and the, the bar room where you can also sit at tables and eat crabs. No gonna question. Be, uh, they got about eight, ten TVs in there. No question. That's the place to go. Order a dozen crabs. Go in there. Have the crab cakes. Call 410-477-1975. Call about 11 o'clock this morning. Any chance Mary will uh, answer the phone? Uh, I don't know whether she will. She may be there later yeah. on today, but... Uh, you know, the, the the one thing about going over there tonight, there'll be a lot of yelling and screaming, but no swearing because Nick will be at the game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, that's one of the things. You won't have to sit around and wonder what Nick is doing. Tonight. Right, exactly. Yeah, because he'll be at the game with his brother Pete. Uh, funniest sports story of all time was the 2000 Super Bowl when Mary and her late husband, Dave, right, they were in Ra- Raven's Roost, was it five? Five, I think. Five, yeah. okay. It was the one that uh, uses the Costas Inn as their headquarters. Well, Dave was the president of that Raven's Roost, and Mary and Dave, like a lot of the Raven's Roost uh, members, they didn't really have the money to buy the tickets to, to go to the game in Tampa. Some mm-hmm. did, but they... They wanted that sense of community, so they wanted to be down in Tampa. And they didn't care necessarily about the fact they couldn't get into the game. They needed a place to stay. Yeah. Do you remember this story at all? Uh, Vaguely. All right. Dave and Mary were lamenting to my wife that they – and my wife is absolutely unbelievable on a computer. You know, Mm -hmm. finding you a room, finding you a car, finding you a plane, you know, whatever it is you need, you know. Um it's a shame I didn't know her when I was single because right. she could have found me something. Anyway, Dave and Mary are lamenting. That means you would have never gotten married. <laughs> That's certainly what it means. Uh, but Dave and Mary are lamenting that they they just can't find a room down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Jane goes, hold on a second. What dates? You know, uh, I, got you a, I got you a place. Mm-hmm. They said, what? You got you a place. So gave her the name of the place. They reserved the the place, and they were, by the way, a lot of the Ravens roofs weren't flying down. They were driving, driving down because sure. they were sort of retired or whatever. So they drive down. Dave and Mary drive down to the hotel. It's a nudist colony. Well, yeah. <laughs> and if you knew Dave and Mary, they weren't in the mood no, to, they to make themselves that. naked. That is yeah. one of the funniest sports stories. No, but I think I found a new travel agent. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the Costas Inn tonight. Jane, I'll be calling this right. Week. I'll bet you will. Uh, the Costas Inn. You, you might, if in case you go down to spring training, mm-hmm. might be a good nudist colony. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, so again, the Costas Inn, a great place tonight. Right. To watch the game tonight, you can start it off there at like what four thirty. Four thirty for Vikings, watching San Vikings San in San Francisco. Yeah. All right. 4100 North Point Boulevard is the place. The Costas Inn is the place. Um, again, our guest list today on the show, Eddie Matz, Mike Shallon, Bill Latson, Gary Stein, 
and then you and I will uh, duke it out. The bat last around half a little hour. bit. We'll bat around things in the last half hour of the show. Again, the Nats, it would be tough to get a Nats guest today. They've got Winterfest. That place is probably going to be mobbed. Well, out. and it's at the stadium. It's the second right. year in a row it's at the stadium. It's in the team store, right? which is out in center field, right where the center field gates are. Uh, so I, I what do you mean it's in the team store? The whole the, event? The whole no 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 no. The, oh. Where where we're broadcasting from live? And oh, are Byron, you going over? Byron today? Kerr and I will be doing a show there tomorrow from twelve to two thirty. So it's a two day event on one hundred six seven The Fan. Yeah, because one hundred six seven The Fan's broadcasting live all weekend down That's there. That's great. That's yeah. great. And uh, uh, but but when you come in, but the the, the entire. Winterfest includes uh, different parts of the ballpark that are open to the fans, uh, and and but uh, that particular place we are broadcasting from is the team store, which gets pretty uh, hot and heavy in terms of uh, customers and uh, and, bet and it does. foot traffic. So I bet it does. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studio, right? Right. Live Casino Hotel Studio. And we're going to tell you about a couple things here before we get Eddie Matz on the show. And I'll tell you a little bit about the postseason version of Project Game Day that's on tap this week as Glenn Clark is with you at halftime tonight. And Ken Zalis joins in postgame following the divisional round matchup. You can watch and react with both shows at facebook.com slash Sports. And listen to the post-game show at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio Project Game Day is brought to you by these very fine sponsors, Glory Days Grill, Costas Inn, Glen Burnie Transmissions, and Wise Markets. We'll see you tonight for Project Game Day. And some news about Live Casino, their brand-new music venue, The Hall at Live. It's open and will host lots of world-class Entertainment in 2020. Spend Valentine's Day with soulful Grammy Award winner Jill Scott, who headlines the Hall at Live on February 14th. Tickets, doors open at 8 p.m. Tickets start at just $43.99 and are available now at LiveCasinoHotel.com. Other great shows coming to the Hall at Live this year include Squeeze, February 29th, OAR, March 14th, Adam Sandler, March 19th, Air Supply, April 3rd, Josh Groban, April 16th, Patti LaBelle, May the 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias, August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to livecasino.com. Craig, this week the Orioles picked up somebody that you saw a fair amount of this past season because he was playing in the National League. Shortstop Jose Iglesias, a good fit for the Orioles? Good fit for the Orioles on a two-year deal, I believe it is. And uh, from that standpoint, that'll give him a chance to get in there and uh, stabilize a position that wasn't very stable last year uh, in the fact that they used, uh, obviously, Jonathan VR when he wasn't playing second base. They used him at shortstop quite a bit. There were a few others that uh, got the call there. Uh, you know, for Brandon Hyde, but but this is a guy who plays real strong defense, and, and he's na- not a total slouch at the not, plate. No, he's gotten a lot better, and uh, I, career I, high. Now I know this year was a home run year, but he had eleven home runs, which pretty much doubled his previous high six. Right, exactly, and he drove in some runs uh, as well. You know, if you can get him to hit two sixty, Stan, and and have that same type of production. You know, from the 
the power end of it and and the and the driving in runs aspect. I mean, he drove in fifty nine runs last runs, year, and that's nothing to sneeze at. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> You're right. Oh god, yeah. and that's not. <laughs> Great minds think alike. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> anyway, uh, nothing to sneeze at. And, you know, if they do that, that to me stabilizes that infield to, to where they can probably play better defense overall. Yeah. Look, this club, this year I wrote a piece for PressBoxOnline.com, and I asked my friend Eric Delinsky over at Masson. I said, I know Masson always had this stat of how many two-out runs the Orioles gave up. Now, again, remember, not every two-out run – happened after an error right but there were a lot of innings that were kept alive by an error earlier in the inning they gave up the 30th most runs in the league with two outs mm-hmm. 388 runs the the fifth best team was the washington nationals who i think it was 240 or something right. like that they gave up 148 runs more than the nationals with two outs now I'm not saying that that's suddenly going to go under 300 this year, but I think the, the pitching staff is going to really appreciate Jose Iglesias in center and Austin Hayes. I mean, excuse me, Austin Hayes in center and Jose Iglesias up the center of the diamond at shortstop. Right, exactly. And I so from that standpoint, I think uh, you know from a defensive end of it, you're 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 going to try to get better and prevent runs by being strong up the middle. I'm very interested to see what Brandon Hyde does with his pitching staff as as they put it together through spring training. I'll tell you one thing and I I throw out some uh, names here and there and I'm not and I'm realistic. It wasn't like I threw out like hey the Orioles should sign Garrett Cole. I know that that's not where they're heading mm-hmm, this year. Right. I threw out the name of Kendall Graveman about two months ago. Seattle got him on exactly the contract I expected. I'll tell you who I'd take a flyer on right now. He's better than five or six pitchers on the Euro's 40-man roster is Jacob Faria, formerly of Tampa, Tampa, just let go yesterday by the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he's worth a shot to me with what they have on on tap. Joining us right now is uh, my favorite sports writer, and he's also my second cousin, Eddie Matz, joins us on the show. Eddie, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year to you. Top of the morning. How you doing? Good, good, good. First of all, let's get the football out of the way. I know you're a Ravens fan. You'll be at the game tonight with uh, all your kids, the whole kit and caboodle. That's right. It'll be me and my three sons, like the sequel to the TV show. We will be down there. We will be down there early. We'll be drinking and eating food and beverage. When when and, I th- uh, when I think Eddie Matz, I think Fred McMurray. <laughs> well, it's ironic, okay. Craig. When I think of uh, of Fred Mertz, I think I think of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he played Fred McMurray's father, right? He did. He yeah. did, and he also. Uh, uh, William played, Frawley. Uh, William Frawley, Frawley right. right. He also played, uh, you know, uh, Fred Neffel, Fred yeah, from on I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy, yes. Da, 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 da. Exactly. We just lost the entire audience. How do you remember that song? I, I remember it, but I guess. Anyway, this we're talking. The, to... You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're the youngest of three, you play up, right? So All that right. was like sort of like the Aaron Hogan heroes. I would have had no business watching, but I have older brothers. So. Yeah. There you go. All right. Hey, I caught your act the other day. Tell us a little bit about the Travis Shaw experience. <laughs> that was pretty good on Masson. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, I suppose that we were talking about guys that are, I think, 
uh, sneaky bounce back guys, right? Like who's, who's who? I think it was best deals of the off season, best yep. signings of the off season, yep. best one year deal. And he's a guy that he crushed in seventeen and eighteen, and then took major steps backwards last year. Wasn't entirely healthy, and so and he's still relatively young. He can play a few positions. He's left-handed bat, so he's a guy that I think. I think it was a four million dollar one-year deal. So and that was Toronto. I mean, Toronto signed him, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Justin Smoke went to Milwaukee, so they basically swapped players. Right. But I think right. Toronto got the better end of that non-deal because uh, I, I feel like he's the the guy that we saw in seventeen and eighteen is is more the guy that I expect to see this year. Yeah, I, I think he was a good pickup. So before we get fully into baseball mode, um, who do you like in tonight's game? And give me a score. Uh, Ravens thirty-one seventeen. That's funny. My my, sc- my score was thirty-one sixteen. Yeah. Well, there you go. Great minds. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I was curious. Both these teams are running teams. They're built for for this time of year. And I'm, I was wondering. I, I know as a fan, me and my boys this morning were like, "Ah, it's gonna be like sixty-five degrees and rising at game time," which is awesome as a fan. But as a player, I'm wondering if. They're bummed, right? Like, do they want to be out there breathing smoke out of their mouths with the short sleeves in the 30 degree weather? I'm curious to know if they prefer football weather. Yeah, I'm not sure the answer to that question, but uh, I know as a fan, I'm I'm feeling very fortunate. Although when I got out of my house this morning, I said this does not feel like a day that's going to end up in the 60s. Is it supposed to? Be going up all day long. Yeah, and uh, it is, we'll, it be, we'll be we'll be close to sixty yeah. tomorrow too. Really? Okay, yeah. I like yeah, that. Kickoff temp, I think sixty-four, and then it's supposed to go up as the game goes on. I'm just worried my kids are going to want to wear shorts tonight. <laughs> right, <laughs> Which, right. I'm not sure how I deny them when the dad says sixty-five. I would bring some backup clothing though. I just know at night Rain. several times it uh, ends up uh, colder than you think. We're talking yeah. to Eddie Matz and Eddie. Uh, the Nationals, one of the two teams you covered uh, the, over these past several years, uh, they've had a pretty busy, steady offseason. It didn't end up producing the big headliner uh, of the moment, uh, Josh Donaldson, but I think uh, General Manager Mike Rizzo um, may have a- accurately gauged what was going on there, and he pivoted and made some moves that made some sense to me. Yeah, you know, they haven't landed, like you said, Donaldson, who's kind of a big, sexy fish, but at 34 years old, I'm not sure you want to be paying that guy 100 or $110 million, right? The, the Nationals are pretty old as it is, so I'm not sure. I mean, you can get him, I'm sure they'd love to get him, because he's, he's, he's a winning baseball player. But yeah, they made a lot of sort of, I don't want to say under-the-radar moves, but some moves that certainly filled some holes, right? Starling Castro who was with the Marlins and was you know, a huge prospect with the Cubs when he came up, uh, went to the Yankees in between. They got him. He could play third. He could play second. He can play short in the pinch. He's super durable. Uh, I feel like he's played, he's played like more than any more games than anyone over the last four or five years. So that's a, a good signing for them. Gives them the, the ability to say, no, we don't want to pay that money to Donaldson. Uh, they got Eric Dems to play kind of the, the left-handed platoon part of, of first base along with Howie Kendrick and or Ryan Zimmerman if, if you assume they're going to re-sign Zimmerman, which I think everyone assumes they will. And then the bullpen was, was kind of the, the surprising part, right? They got Will Harris, who's been really good as a right-handed reliever from Houston. And then once I got 
him, I didn't think they were going to spend the money to bring back anybody else that was, you know, not terribly inexpensive. Or I think I just double negative myself. I didn't think they were going to make a play for Daniel Hudson, but they brought him back too. Uh, so both those guys are they're on the wrong side of thirty, so they're not they're not young. Like you know, you'd rather have like the twenty six year old rubber arm guy, but they're both dependable veterans who certainly make the bullpen better than it was last year, and probably better than it's been heading into the season any time over the last few years, I would say. Yeah, and I think that was one of the big things that Rizzo did this offseason was in fortifying that bullpen. Uh, you, you think about this team last year and all the trouble they had throughout the year with the bullpen, and then they get to the postseason and they wind up using, in a lot of instances, uh, you know, starters uh, as, as middle to late end guys uh, setting the stage for Doolittle and Hudson and they stayed away from a lot of their guys that were in the bullpen that caused problems last year. So I think Mike Rizzo originally just looked at it and said, let's get some of these guys back, and we don't want to go through the regular season like we did last year with wondering you know, how we were going to close out games. Yeah, and I think one thing that people are underestimating is the growth and the experience that Tanner Rainey and Andres Weirich yeah. got both last year, and then especially in the postseason – you know, they're still young, they're still developing, but they were so much better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. So if they can continue that development and the guys like Doolittle, Harris, and Hudson can stay healthy, which is a big if, uh, then you've got yourself a nucleus of a pretty solid bullpen. They're still lefty heavy, or righty heavy, rather. But don't uh, leave out you know, don't leave out Elias. I think Elias is a really solid pitcher. And he, he yeah. avoided arbitration yeah, yesterday. But he's, and... but he's a, yeah, but he's he's a reverse guy. So over the last couple of years, he's been much better against righties than he than he has lefties. So he almost plays like a right-hander. But what I was going to say is, it doesn't really matter as much as it used to now with that new rule where they have the three batter yep, minimum. Right. I think we're going to see much less matchup playing. You know, they got away with it before, but I think they'll be able to get away with it a little bit more even now. Eddie Matz is our guest. Uh, Eddie. Uh... Do you get a sense because you're you're a big picture guy? What exactly is going on with Josh Donaldson right at the moment? It seemed like when the news came out that the Braves had stepped up to four years, that okay, this is a fait accompli. He's going to end up a Brave. What do you think's holding it up? And might one of the other teams, the Dodgers or the Phillies, like sort of come in at the last minute and and draw away from the Braves. And and with with that question, I'll, I'll also ask you, uh, with it, the $110 million, that to me is a sticking point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but look, so what I think is going on with Josh, Josh Donaldson right now is that he's probably chilling at home, throwing back a few beers, and watching football today. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, that's not to say he's not working hard to get ready for the season, but if I'm him and my agent is working hard to get me $110 mil and I know that you know, like a hundred mil is my my backup plan. I'm just like chilling out watching some football, right? right? Because life is pretty good. So who knows? You know, maybe he ends up coming back to the Braves. Maybe the Dodgers sneak in there. Maybe it's some mystery team. At this point, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the Nationals, but he's going to be okay, right? Poor Josh Donaldson won't get the hundred ten million dollars he's looking for. Maybe he will. Yeah, but you know. People forget these last two off seasons. Nobody was signing for any kind of money, and if they were, it wasn't happening until late February, right? Look at what happened with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. 
So there's still plenty of time left yeah. in the offseason. We, we got a little spoiled because at the beginning of the offseason, there was so much activity, right? We saw deals before winter meetings. We saw deals in winter meetings. We've seen deals since winter meetings. So, you know, if there's one guy who's kind of languishing out there on the market, uh, that's actually that's a lot of growth from, a, from the player's perspective, yeah. from the union's perspective. So I'm not worried about Donaldson. I'm sure Donaldson's not worried about Donaldson. You know, it's just a question of where is he going to land, how many, how, how much money is that contract going to be worth, but he's going to be fine. Let me ask you this. Uh, yesterday at noon was the uh, deadline as far as uh, being able to exchange arbitration figures. What you? What was your take on Mookie Betts yesterday? Twenty-seven million, and uh, he breaks the record of uh, Nolan Arenado from last year, the twenty-six million. Well, I mean, it sounds like crazy money, right? Twenty-seven million dollars to people like you know, to, to people like us sounds nuts. But if anybody's worth it, I know he didn't have the year last year that he had had, you know, previous years. But he's still only twenty-seven years old, and he's one of the most talented athletes in the game, uh, you know, great, great guy in the clubhouse, great franchise space. So if anybody's worth that money, uh, it's that guy. Yeah, I feel like these days when when arbitration comes up, you know, whether it's a, a veteran like Betts or even Bellinger, I think Bellinger set a record yesterday with an $11 million deal that set a record for most money for a first year or like a first-time arbitration eligible player. These, I feel like these records have to be broken or else the agents won't be happy. They look at all these comparables from the past and history and they say, well, look, Arenado made 26 and Mookie's better than Arenado, so he's got to make more. And, and so it just keeps going up and up and up and up in, in, in perpetuity, right? Which doesn't seem possible because then like 10 years from now, someone's going to be making $40 million for a one-year deal in arbitration. But, you know, Betts is he's great offensively, he's great defensively, he's great in all the, the intangible ways. So, you know, good for him, $27 million. Of course, that's before taxes, so. <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah. got taxes yeah. and aid and commission, and uh, he'll probably only take home, like, uh, what, the 12, $11 million of that, poor guy. We're talking to Eddie Matz. We're in the Live Casino Hotel Studios, and if you have joined us on Facebook Live, please like and share the program uh, Eddie, uh, again, even a bigger picture, because I alluded to the fact you're a big picture guy with Josh Donaldson, uh, these dual investigations going on now by MLB and the commissioner's office on the cheating scandal with the Astros in 17 and the Red Sox in 18, uh, gee, I can only imagine about a year from now we'll find out that the Nationals cheated. Uh, but your thoughts on what's going on and how would you like to be? I know you said uh, you're not worried about Josh Donaldson. How would you like to be Alex Cora right now, who seems to be the common denominator between 17 and 18's investigations? Yeah, but I mean, that just, I feel like with Cora, though, you know, it just so happens he was in both places. I don't think the Astros and the Red Sox are the only teams that are doing this, right? If you ain't, what do they say? If you ain't cheating, you're not trying, right? Yeah, if you're not so, rubbing, you're not racing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, honestly, when I hear these stories, whether it's about the Astros or the Red Sox, I try as best I can to just tune them out because I'm not interested in it. Like, I just, the last thing I want to hear about, and I know that it's, it's happening, so it has to be dealt with. But, I mean, I feel like ever since sports in general, ever since baseball started, everyone's trying to find an edge, whether it's the players, the coaches, the front office. 
I mean, people forget with the Astros, forget about the sign-stealing thing. People forget that Jeff Luno came from St. Louis, and there was all that business that went on with the... With the computers, like, you know, the, yeah. The, the hack passwords. Like, this stuff goes on all the time, and I'm not trying to 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 diminish the 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 malignity of, of what the Astros or, or the Red Sox might have done here, but I feel like all teams are doing stuff like this. They're just the ones that have gotten fingered on it, and the reason they've gotten fingered is because they're good. Like, if the if the Marlins are cheating, who cares? They're winning 60 games, right? So it's always going to be the teams like this are the ones that are going to get caught. They're going to be the ones that are made an example of. If, so, if they're winning 60 games, that means they're not cheating the right way. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, they were going to win 48 for right. cheating, you know. Well, I mean, the, 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 the one difference here is it, it, this may have been going on in one form or another for, you know, the past hundred years, but the the newest form of it is to really dedicate technology and use technology during the, the play of a game. It's one thing if a runner on second base can pick up the catcher's signals and pass along a sign when yeah. you know a fastball's coming or you know a curveball's coming. Uh, but this is dedicating a lot of energy and people that aren't playing on the field to picking up the signs. It's it's vastly different. I'm not saying you're 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 uh, undercutting it, but uh, that's the difference here. Remind me, you know? remind me, you know, but but it, it mirrors the changes in the game overall, right? So like, yeah. you know, it's like a superpower. It can even it could either be used for good or for bad, and technology has been great for the game. Right? Yeah. It's changed the way the game is played. It's changed the way the game is evaluated. So that's the good side of the superpower, and this is what we're seeing here is the bad side. So it's, it's, let, it, me it you, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question: it, Is it the bad side? In other words, would you be okay? And I'm not saying you said this, but would you be okay if they said, "Hey, this is what's going on. You can dedicate your technology to trying to cheat. Everybody can do it." Is is that maybe an easier way to get out of this? It's one way, and, yeah. and I don't care what the rules are. Just play by the rules. Yeah. Right. So if they, if they say these are going to be the rules, and then you can do it. That's fine. But for now, those aren't the rules. So you got to play within the parameters of, of the rule book. But yeah, if they, if they did that, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, let's turn back over to the team that uh, won what fifty-two games last year, the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they made a little noise this week. It's a tiny, teeny noise compared to what some other teams are doing. But uh, Jose Iglesias certainly helps them up the middle and allows them the opportunity to let Richie Martin either develop at the minor league level or maybe sort of um, uh, settle in as a utility guy for for now. Uh, your thoughts on the pickup of Jose Iglesias by the Orioles? Yeah, it's a good deal for them. He's cheap. I think it was a $3 million deal for one year, which is surprising. The guy has, has been a pretty decent player so far, and he's, he's still a relatively young guy. Uh, he's not a, an offensive threat. He's not going to hit the ball out of the park, uh, and he's not even really a, a speed guy that's going to steal bases for you, but he puts the bat on the ball. I think his strikeout rate is ranks among like, the top five lowest in baseball. So he's a great contact guy. And then his real value is defensively. He's really solid with the glove. So it's going to help him in a couple ways. Like you mentioned, it's going to give them some time to let Richie Martin uh, marinate in the minors. Who knows, maybe Martin makes the roster anyway as as a reserve on opening day. But more than likely, it'll give him time to to improve and develop in the minors in a low-pressure situation. 
Uh, and then also for a team like the Orioles, who are severely lacking in the pitching department, uh, it's nice when you got a guy that can catch the ball. Yeah. Well, it's not going to suddenly give them a 3.5 team ERA, but he'll save a few runs as he's done over the past. And so uh, yeah, I think it's a really good economical planning for them. All right. Eddie Matz, we appreciate your joining us today. Enjoy the game tonight, and don't let the kids wear shorts tonight. I will not let the kids wear shorts tonight. I will wear shorts, though. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Hey, uh, great having you on. I'll talk to you soon. Happy, healthy year ahead, guy. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. There's Eddie Matz. There There you go. The Batter Round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center today. And then we wanted to welcome in a new sponsor to the show. It's always a pleasure to welcome in new sponsors. And that is Blue Pit Barbecue. We had our company party there yesterday you know we we i wouldn't know i wasn't invited yeah i know well you're not really part of the company this is for more of like full-time people you know that work with us anyway if you want real barbecue an amazing selection of whiskey and micro brews well when you come to blue pit barbecue in hamden you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area all made fresh and smoked every single day. They're open for lunch and they're open late. That means they're also open for dinner. Blue Pit is also great for parties and events, and we can testify to that at Press Box and Jay Moore because we had a great party there yesterday. Go to BluePitBarbecue.com for menus and directions right there on Union Avenue. There's no sense giving you, in other words, if you're on Falls Road and turn down Union Avenue, Right before you get to Clipper Mill Road, there's two uh, retail uh, bar restaurants there. Blue Pit is the first one you'll come to before you hit the stop sign at Clipper Mill Road. It's on Union Avenue. I highly recommend the brisket at Blue Pit Barbecue. We'll return in just a couple minutes, and joining us will be none other than Mike Shallon of the New Hampshire Union Leader. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com sliders one of baltimore's original continuously operating bars royal farms is known for being real fresh and real fast but we're also real baltimore that's because baltimore is our home base and our home like purple and black flamingos and sunglasses or crabs and old bay our subs are real baltimore right down to the name we make them fresh delicious and to your order all day every day at a price that's easy to swallow Royal Farms subs are another reason why Royal Farms is real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. 
Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will we be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. Available in white and gray for just $25, the long sleeve version just $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostaZen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans in a white creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great complement to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A. 410-931-0031. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Brett the Hitman Hart. Good to be on the show. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Broken Matt Hardy. Excellent. The bad guy, Scott Hall. Mm, hey, yo. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. That's terrific, man. All right, we are back. And uh, help me, Paul. Is it, how's that look? You're good. You're good. That's good? Yes, sir. All right. That's the uh, post. because it covers his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I got to give you credit. <laughs> no, I got to do it. That's very good. Very good. This is the uh, Bozeman uh, shirt, okay? Mm-hmm. And the Ravens have this guy, uh, Bradley Bozeman. Bradley Bozeman, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, these, these T-shirts are $25 a piece. And it's the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, and the MVP is the most valuable protectors. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the most valuable protectors is a double entendre about the offensive line protecting Lamar Jackson, and uh, they're basically sort of working. They do a lot of anti-bullying stuff. Uh, they go t- talk at schools all around town, and the Bozeman Foundation could use your support. By buying this T-shirt again, it's twenty-five dollars, and now I got to find the. Hold on. Of course, I don't know where the uh, because I was totally unprepared for this. Here it is. It's dominant offensive line. Uh, buy a shirt. So go to Bozeman B O Z E M A N Shirt dot com. 
Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. And by the way, Nikki and Bradley Bozeman are going to leave, whether the Ravens are in it or not, about the week after the Super Bowl, they are on their way around the country to talk at schools all around the country about anti-bullying. And that's a great message, and uh, you can support their cause by, again, buying this T-shirt, the MVP's Most Valuable Protectors T-shirt at bozemanshirt.com. Joining us right now is uh, somebody who uh, always is protecting us, and that is Mike Shallon of the New Hampshire Union Leader. Mike, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Have we, have we gone past the uh, Happy New Year date yet? Uh, today is sort of the cutoff. You know, okay. all uh, right. Happy New Year to you too. Then I will not wish you a happy. <laughs> and if anyone knows anything about being cut off, it's Stan. All right, but anyway, yeah, yeah I was cut off. <laughs> I was supposed to inherit a lot of money, and I was cut hey, off. Cut off, yeah. Kind of like Prince Andrew. Damn, damn uh, relatives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, joining us now is Mike Shallon, a yep. very fine columnist, New Hampshire Union leader. So I got to get football out of the way first. Your prediction. I got two football topics. Then we'll move into Alex Cora and uh, how long a suspension he might uh, receive. But let's start with uh, Tom Brady. Will he be back playing for the New England Patriots next season? I can say unequivocally, maybe. Maybe. Okay. He will be, <laughs> no, think, he will be back I playing, think, though, correct? Somewhere? I think, he will, I think he will be back playing for the New England Patriots. I okay. think they gotta, they got to give it one more shot. And they have to go out and proper surround him with the proper number of weapons uh, because what he had this year just was not enough to, uh, to get it done. Plus, you know, they lost a couple of key blockers in, in their center and their fullback, and uh, uh, they they really blew it on the Gronkowski thing. I don't know if they thought he was coming back. I, you know, I don't know what the deal was, but they never even made a, made an attempt to replace the best. The guy I feel was the best player in football. Um, I think he will be back, and I think that they'll get him some weapons. Uh, now, prediction for tonight's game, New England, uh, excuse me, Tennessee Titans, who vanquished the New England Patriots last week in Foxborough, are in Baltimore. The spread is anywhere from 9.5 to 10 points. The temperature is going to be about 60 to 65 degrees. It's going to be a fluke night. Good night for the fans. Uh, how do you think this game sets up? Well, you know, the uh, this is where we get into the is the is the layoff good or bad? You know, if they come out, if the Ravens come out flat, then it's because they didn't play in a long time. Kind of like those two college football teams that are finally going to play on Monday night. Yeah. Um, if they if they come out hot, then the rest did them good. I, I have all kinds of trouble thinking that Tennessee can win this game. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not into point spread necessarily, but uh, I think that the that this this spread is pretty good. It might even be a little bit under the way the Ravens have handled people, but uh, the, I think the Ravens win, win and go on. Uh, we agree on that. All right, now I kidded a little bit about uh, Alex Cora. Uh, how do you think he's sleeping at night right now with these dual investigations going on where he is the the one common denominator between both teams? Yes, he is. And, um, you know, I wrote the other day that we have to put the thought out there that perhaps he gets fired. Um, you know, it's, it's it sounds like um, a lot, but 
you know, does this ownership want to want to go through a 25-game suspension or whatever? Um, you, you know, they've, they've suspended guys a lot longer for, for well, I don't want to say a lot less because I don't think this is a major deal. But the biggest problem here is that it happened after Manfred came out and said, don't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's where the commissioner's office is going to, you have a feeling they're going to make an example out of somebody and, you know, maybe start with A.J. Hinch, but then I think you got to um, you got to look at Cora. And does this ownership want to go through the, A, the distraction? Uh, you know, when he does come back, uh, they turn into the villains now in stadiums around the country. Uh, people, you know, chanting his name as a cheater. Um, you know, again, I, you know, I don't know that any of this had anything to do with him, but in this situation, where did, you know, where does the buck stop? And that's, uh, that's with the manager who, um, you know, and then the, the odd part of the whole thing would be if he did get fired, uh, the three managers that won the four championships would all have been fired by right. the Red Sox, right. um, which is, which is odd in its, in its own right. Now, I know managers are hired to get fired, but. You certainly think you would think that Carl would have would have had a, a much longer shelf life than this. Mike, let me ask you this: as far as this investigation is concerned, you're talking about the Astros. Now you're talking about the Red Sox, but you're talking about a whole lot of different players. Cora, obviously, being as Stan said, the main guy here. Uh, but but there are a lot of people. Whether it's Beltran now yeah. in New York, whether it's even Mike Elias and and Sig here in Baltimore. How far is this going out, and how many people do you think eventually this is going to involve? Well, um, the Astros' assistant GM already got canned for his, uh, you know, his conduct in the um, in, in, in twenty nineteen. I, you know, look, look how heavy they came down on the Atlanta Braves, you know, for that uh, that whole scouting thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, that's what investigations are for, I suppose. And it's uh, you know, it's actually it's actually nice that um, this country is capable of having an investigation that could lead somewhere um, when the facts are hitting you right in the face. Uh, you can't say that about DC, obviously. Um, you know, the baseball has an image problem already. You know, people are talking about the the games are too long and the the the, 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 the uh, well-off teams are, are, are dominating as far as spending the money, blah, 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 and it's too boring, it's too this, it's too that. But this is something where the commissioner, uh, you know, spoke out and said this has to stop. You know, it's like, when, it's like Manny Ramirez. You know, I don't want to equate, somebody accused me of equating PED to this, but it's similar in that Manny got caught twice after everybody was, getting caught. So, uh, you know, I think that um, you, you just have a feeling they're going to make an example out of the guy. And and I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's anything, you know, the, the, the obvious thing, it's just like with the Patriots. Oh, everybody does it. Oh, everybody does it. We're just doing what everybody else do. Whatever. That may be, that may be true. Maybe everybody else does it. Maybe, yet, maybe the other people just do it better. I yeah. don't know. They don't get caught. So, but the fact is that uh, Manfred's going to make a statement of some sort. Yeah. So what what kind of dollar figure would you see as appropriate for, let's start with the Astros. I mean, is, are we looking at a $5 million yeah, penalty? Probably. 
something five like million, that. Probably five million in draft pick or two. I would yep. think. Yep. And maybe some uh, suspensions. And maybe some suspension. Sure. Um, let Let me ask you a, qu- a question about this, and, and I'm yeah. I'm mixed on it. You know. So in other words, it sounds like the team gets fined. The, the suspensions are a, another type of fine against the team, and and management will get suspended. What about the players that participated in it? Say Mike Fires. Now, Mike Fires would sort of, in my opinion, end up getting off because he came forward and, and was the lead, lead help in investigating this. But what about the players that were involved in this? That's a good one. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, somebody brought up uh, um, Altuve's batting average um, right. home and away in the 17 postseason. And, you know, if if the banging on the garbage can was a way of saying that a curveball's coming, right? Um, I, I don't know. You know, these guys, uh, I, I would be surprised if players got suspended. But, again, we don't know how, we don't know how deep this is going. You yeah. know, if three... If three people in the Red Sox family came supposedly anonymously came forward that are still there, um, you know, there's there's whistle whistleblowers all over the place, and and uh, I don't know somewhere Gaylord Perry is smiling. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, and you know, my my brothers and I, we we were be in a row home in Baltimore, but that when, when we were up to no good, basically, you mean uh, every single every day. single day, right? <laughs> and we lived right down the hill from the high school, so you know there was a lot of school skipping going on. Uh, that's that's what we used to do, you know. If mom and dad were coming home early, we'd warn each other. But I'd be out in the backyard hitting it on the trash can. <laughs> Well, I you know I understand the man for investigating you too. So, well, um, <laughs> boy, it, it doesn't statute stop of limitations have run way out on that, Mike. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Mike Shallon, who does an incredible job with his columns with the New Hampshire Union Leader. Mike, uh, my old friends who haven't they've sort of uh, they've sort of uh, disappeared on me. Uh, Larry Lucchino and Charles Steinberg. Uh, they're moving that team from Pawtucket to Worcester, and I think it'll move in 2021. But the club released a YouTube video introducing you to Polar Park in Worcester, Massachusetts. Have you seen that video yet? It's pretty remarkable. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I, I do understand it's supposed to be a real, real nice facility, but I, I think it's a, um, it's a sad day yeah. in, in New England uh, that this is that this came to this. Uh, you know, the Pawtucket Pot- Red Sox have been a, a part of the Fiber McCoy Stadium. Um, you know, and you, you, you just hate to see it. Yeah, you know, it's you know, terrible. I've dealt, with, yeah. I've dealt with, you know, the late Ben Mondor and, and uh, you know, having covered the 33rd inning of that game in mm-hmm. 1981. Uh, there's just so much history there. And to to see, fi- you know, finances forcing this. It's just a, it's just a sad day. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm sorry to see it go. My buddy, Lou Schweckheimer, who was, who was with the Paw Sox for a hundred years, is now the, uh, the owner of the uh, new AAA team in Wichita. When I went out there to visit, I got to see his brand new stadium, which is going to open up in April. Um, Boy, the Shockers, so, you know, ha- the Shockers haven't lost a game since you were out there, I don't think. No, I don't think they have either. And I'm going to see him tomorrow in Hartford. Oh, okay. Back. Um, Take a drive down and see him. And who they playing? Um, who they playing? Who they playing in Hartford? Yeah, UConn. Okay, 
I didn't. Yeah. I, I don't follow yeah, exactly where you got. I think okay. this is UConn's last year in that conference. Okay. Before they before they go back to the East. So. That sounds like it should be a good game. Wichita can win that game, though. I think. Yes, they can. They're yeah. Four, you know, they're fourteen and one, and um, they they got a player back who had left the team for personal reasons, and uh, they you know they're they're deep. They've got eight or nine guys that he can that um, Greg Marshall can count on, and. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the game tomorrow. Mike, are you going to be heading down to spring training in about five weeks or not? No, sir. Okay. No, sir. My, my spring training days are long gone. Um, I I think the only time I've been there since 2005, the only time I've been down there is that I had a BC game to cover in Miami, and I swung through okay. Fort Myers on the way. Uh, getting back to the uh, move of the Pawtucket Red Sox from Ro- the state of Rhode Island into Massachusetts, is, is the Kurt Schilling money that he lost that the state ended up having to pick up, uh, is that part of w- why they could, you know, Rhode Island couldn't keep the Paw Sox in Pawtucket? That's part of it. From yeah. what you hear, well, I think it was $11 million or whatever it was that they lost uh, from their from their budget. Um you know, it's it's just another uh, gold star for Kurt since he's been <laughs> since his <laughs> days are over. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, the ironic part is that my my youngest son is a gamer and said the game was really good. Yeah. Um, but it was just everything was just handled along, and, and uh, you know now you know there are people are going to say, listen, that uh, the team belongs in Massachusetts or whatever. But the fact of the matter is that. Um, you could probably, I know from my house, I, I can get to Pawtucket a lot easier than I can get to Worcester. Right. So, um, it's like I say, it's it's a sad thing. It's sad, you know, yeah. It's it, not, there's not a right it, or wrong, it's just sad, you know. Yeah, there's just there's just a tradition involved, and you hear different things about what they're going to do with McCoy, use it as a soccer stadium, or use it for tournaments or whatever, but, uh, and it really, you know, it, they do need a new stadium. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. But uh, it's just it's just a shame that it came to this. Uh, let me ask you a question. So, Kurt Schilling uh, leads me into the Hall of Fame. Uh, have you turned in your ballot yet? Yeah, well, yeah, sure. It had to be in by the 31st. Okay, I'm sorry. Is uh, Kurt on your ballot? Yes, he is. Yeah, and I, I feel that way, too. I think despite all the things I have against him, uh, I think he was a Hall of Fame pitcher uh, in his in his day. How about Larry Walker? Is he on your ballot? Yes. Larry Walker is, is on my ballot. It's his last time, last year. Jim Rice made it on his last try. Right. Um, you know, I saw. I used a quote from uh, from Jim Leland uh, saying that he that Larry was as good a five tool player as he'd ever seen. Yeah. And um, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm getting a little tired of this Rockies uh, bias. Yeah. Bias against these guys. You know? Yeah. A hitter is a hitter, and and Larry had a high. I think he had an eight ninety OPS on the road career i'm sorry i'll tell I you what i'll tell you what he did have for his career and there aren't that many players 400 on base percentage yeah 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 you know, and plus uh gold gloves gold gloves incredible arm yeah could run the bases he did he did it all and i'm kind of sorry i didn't jump on the bandwagon sooner but sometimes like i think I think I may revisit Todd, Todd Helton after this year once the Dallas players are looking well i he's another guy he was a hitting machine I don't know if you're arbitration eligible yet or not, but uh, if you can swing something like Mookie got yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm not, not only am I not arbitration eligible, but I'd be to leave if I 
say anything. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. Um, yeah, well, you know, we knew it was gonna be somewhere around there. I think the arbitration figure would have been higher, but then you get all nasty. And this is kind of an odd, kind of an odd situation because you've got a guy who never says anything bad about the organization, never says anything bad about the team, yet doesn't want to sign. And I don't know if that I don't know if that means he doesn't want to play in Boston. Uh, I, I give him credit for putting it out there. You know, he, he goes out and tears up his knee this year. He's not going to get $350 million. No, that's true. Uh, but, but uh, you know, then you look at it another way, saying it's worth the gamble because, you know, 27 mil plus he made 20 last year. He should be okay. You know, I don't think, I don't think we'll be holding any tag sales for him. But uh, he's a very talented kid. I don't think he's as good as Trout. I know that last year before this, the Boston announcers were declaring him the best player in baseball. I don't think he was ever the best player in baseball, but he's certainly one of them. Yeah. And um, he's in the conversation to see where he winds up. Hey, last thing uh, you said, you're, you're never too big to admit if you make a mistake or you misread something. So you say you're a little sorry you didn't get on the Larry Walker bandwagon. What about the Billy Wagner bandwagon? Are you on that? I know you're pushing, you're pushing Wagner. And, and I understand that. And he's another guy who, who might get more consideration from me after this ballot clears. Um, you know, it'd be very interesting because according to the early returns, Clemens and Bonds are there. Now, I don't know if that is that if that's going to keep going, but they've picked up a lot of support this year. It seems like every ballot I see has them on it. Really? So if, All right. if the thing clears away, I'll certainly have to give uh, Mr. Wagner. Wagner serious consideration. But my buddy Jeff Reardon down in Florida, had every bit the career that Billy Wagner had, and, and uh, I don't think he had quite the career Billy Wagner had. When you uh, look at the when you look at the good. when you look at the strikeouts per innings pitched and yeah. the the WHIP, I mean he had a lower WHIP than Mariano Rivera by a tenth of a point. Wow! Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, I'm Mike, I, and I <laughs> I say this, you're a friend. But I say this, your read every Sunday and the ones in the middle of the week, too, are just excellent sports reads uh, at the New Hampshire Union Leader website. Uh, Mike Shallon uh, uh, of the New Hampshire Union Leader, also a Red Sox official scorer. I know I was sitting next to Henneman yesterday. He says there's something in New York in the next couple weeks, right? Is, is Jimmy going? Yeah, he's going. Yeah, yeah I'll be there. All right, great. I'll so, be there. We're at, we're actually uh, we'll actually be down there uh, meetings on Friday in the new base the new MLB offices and then Saturday they're busing us over to the uh, replay center and we're to show us what uh, what that's oh. all about so it should be fun that should be fun all right yeah. have a good one I'll talk to you soon Mike take take care guys all right there he is Mike Shallon New Hampshire Union leader Baltimore's favorite. Bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, and Bloody Brunch Sunday, and my best Johnny Carson, uh, and more. With different drink specials every day of the week, join Sliders for the away Ravens games and tonight, maybe before the game as well, at the home game parties featuring fancy clancy beer as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out all about the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's originally 
continuously operating bars. Yes, sir. No, a tea time movie, Art Fern. Art Fern, Art that Fern, is. yeah. And got no Winding mo- Wednesday. Got no money, we don't care. Don't plan on paying us, that's when we care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, before we uh, break, we want to talk about our friends at Glen Burnie Transmission, located right in the heart of Glen Burnie for almost 60 years. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over the dealers for repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate called GBT and my friend Mark Schwartzman at 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to the website at gbtonline.com to check out all of the five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GBT team Take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. We're broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studios. And don't forget, if you find us on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports, like and share the show. We'll be right back with Bill Latson after this. And Bill Latson. Take two. <laughs> take, two take two. Is there any way to rewind that? I'm somehow I'm getting I'm getting mistaked by doing all these live spots. We're going right to Bill Latson. Why don't you introduce Bill Latson? Well, what can you say about Bill Latson that hasn't, that hasn't been, said, been already? said already? Exactly. And several times, by the way. Uh, Bill Latson, MLB.com, uh, one of the original uh, Nationals beat reporters. Uh, was there from the inception when the team moved from Montreal down to Washington. Uh, covered the team up until about two years ago on a regular basis, daily basis. And now uh, Bill is uh, making uh, uh, his uh, perch in New York, where he has always lived, but uh, closer to the MLB.com offices. And uh, uh, we welcome him in. Bill Latson, how are you, sir? Doing great, Craig. How's it going, Stan? Good. Doing great, Bill. How you feeling? Feeling good? Feeling good. Can't complain. All right. Hey, let's start off with a, a topic. Uh, you know, we're about a month away from spring training starting, which is pretty amazing. Um, American League. We'll start there, and then we'll do National League. Who's the most improved team in the American League? You know, I have to say, well, obviously the White Sox on paper. Now, this is all yeah. on paper. Yeah. Uh, the White Sox. Obviously, I, I like uh, their pitching staff now. Uh, I think Gio Gonzalez can, you know, even though he hasn't pitched well the last two years, I think he can make a, a good comeback. Um, I think uh, I can't rule out Tampa Bay because, you, you know, like they always find the way you think they're going to be in last place, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're in the thick of things. It's been that way for the last uh, two years. They lost Tommy Pham. Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised that he did a great job with them. But uh, with Renfro and the team, I mean, he could be a, a difference for them. I don't know. But uh, I have to pick those two teams without a doubt. All right. Then let's spin over to the uh, senior circuit, uh, the National League. I mean, it seems to me that the Phillies have improved, the Reds have improved, and I'd say the Padres have improved. Your thoughts, who, who is uh, the National League's most improved team? To me, I think it's the Reds. Uh, I think getting Moustakas was a, a big, big help. I was surprised he went there, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's going to provide power. 
defense is great at second and third. And uh, I think they're a nice young team. You know, I saw them last year when they were in New York. And I saw the improvement. I mean, the, the pitching is much improved. And uh, I, I have to pick them. I'm not sure about San Diego, to be honest with you. You know, you know yes, you know, they have uh, some nice talent there, but they don't have pitching. Let, let me see how the pitching goes before I say they're an improved team. When you look at the Yankees, and uh, I know you follow them very closely, uh, they wind up uh, agreeing uh, and, and making sure they avoid arbitration with Jordan Montgomery uh, late mm-hmm. yesterday, 805000 uh, When When you look together and, and what Aaron Boone has to do to, to kind of piece this pitching staff again, we, we, we know obviously about Garrett Cole, but... Uh, you know, you had mentioned earlier when we've talked to you that you still feel like there's a lot of work to be done to shore that pitching staff up. Yes, because uh, you know, uh, you know, some of their pitchers have been hurt. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, elbow injuries and stuff. So I, I, I don't know. And, I and think, Montgomery uh, being one of them. <laughs> yes, yeah, Tommy Johnson. So I think you have to. Um, you know, are, are they going to hit? There's no question about that. But the question I have is, with the will the starting pitching be consistent? I know they have Cole, but you have to have more than one guy. And, you know, you know, Craig, from day one, I've never been impressed with the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So um, let me see how all that goes before spring training, before I say, yes, they're going to be the world champs again, because I, I can't say that right now. <laughs> you haven't been able to say it for the last 10 years. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Uh, am, am I missing a starter here? Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Tanaka, Tanaka, Hap, German after the first two months of the season, and Montgomery. I, it seems like I'm missing one guy that's fairly decent, and I can't think of him right no, now. No, no. Yeah, but you named them all. Okay. They're trying to trade Hap. Um, oh, the lefty. Uh, There's somebody oh, I'm missing. Uh, I, the lefty. I'm I'm trying to pull up their I'm trying to pull up the Yankees website. Hold on, roster. All right, you two keep talking. Well, no, I mean, when you look at it though, it's it's funny. Uh, you, you have a team that wins a hundred games last year, finishes eons behind the Red Sox, and yet, or I'm sorry, eons. Uh, they win a hundred games. They win the division. There was a lot of separation. Uh, but but when you look at this division, what can the Red Sox do now to make up that ground? Uh, and how concerned are you with them, Bill, in terms of this investigation that's going on with MLB and, and the uh, cheating from down in the Houston Astros and Cora being involved in it? Yeah, but, well, here's the deal, though. Uh, again, uh, they're trying to cut down payroll. Yeah. So... I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, they're still, you know, investigating the Red Sox right now. I can't say to you Major League Baseball is going to do this or whatever. But, you know, they have a lot of holes, man. I mean, they're starting pitching. Again, uh, it's not very good. I mean, it's, most of their starters were hurt last year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many question marks besides the investigation. I can't sit here and say... They're going to compete against the Yankees. I think they're the Yankees' biggest competitor right now is going to be the uh, the Rays. The Rays, that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, we're talking with Bill Latson, who writes for MLB.com. 
Bill, uh, I think the guy, and Craig, the guy I think I was thinking about was Jonathan Loazaga, the right-hander. Yeah, no, he's not going to be one of the starters. Yeah. He's not. Well, but he's he's in the mix for that sort sort of the the depth piece in the starting rotation. So you got Cole, Severino, Tanaka, Hap, if the season were to start tomorrow, Jermon, Montgomery, and Loazaga. Okay? Loazaga, I think it's pronounced. Uh, but I agree. I think they're one guy short in that rotation. Um, wh- how do you think the third base situation is going to play out? And do you expect Miguel Andohar to be a Yankee on opening day? I'll be surprised because uh, he also has op- He also has options, doesn't he? Uh, yes, but but here's the thing, though. He's not good. Defensive uh, third baseman. I think it's going to be Urshela uh, to start the season. I, I don't see how Andujar is the guy. I just don't see it. Uh, you, you know, they they talk about working him at uh, in left field, working him at first base because he's not good defensively at third. So I, I don't see him being the starting third baseman. Don't see it. All right. By the way, God bless Paul Valley, our producer. He he figured out who it was I was trying to get. It's James Paxton. Well, he was so arbitration got, eligible and he signed yesterday. No, but I mean, but I mean, he oh, was oh, clearly oh, he, a guy yeah. that was good. Paxton, Cole, Severino, Tanaka, and eventually German and Montgomery. That's six names for five spots. That's not bad. Not bad. We'll see. That's all I'll say. All we'll right. See. All right. Um, Question for you. Everybody's talking about it. I mean, well, at least around here. It looked like there were three teams that were really hot after Josh Donaldson. The Nats apparently offered a four-year deal. The Twins offered a four-year deal. About ten days ago, it was announced the Braves jumped up and they've, they've offered four years now. So what is what is Donaldson waiting for is there a chance that the Phillies or the Dodgers, who both had middling off-seasons, that one of them says, you know what, let's give them four years at $29 million and blow the other teams away by, you know, $15 million? I mean, what is Donaldson waiting for at this point? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean the Dodgers coming in, that could still happen, but I still think it's going to be the Braves. Because for him to wait so long, right? First of all, originally the Braves didn't offer him a four-year deal. Originally, right? They were offering so then three. They, then, then they upped their offer, and, that, and now I have to still say it's going to be the Braves. I don't see how the Nationals are in it. I could be wrong because uh, you know they resigned uh, as Drupal Cabrera, right? And uh, I see him playing third base. I don't see him playing second base. I think the only thing that speaks to another team being out there or, or having time is that the longer this waits, it's pretty apparent, I think, that the Twins have have sort of moved off psychologically that they're going to get them, and I don't think he wants to play there. And I think the Nationals have moved off and spent the, the money, you know, in some other places, although their offer is probably – Eighty million dollars in real money, and then twenty in deferred, which is still real money. But uh, I, th- I think there's a chance that he sits there, and the Braves think he's going to come crawling to them, 
and all of a sudden the Dodgers just say, you know what, we'll give you $115 million and it's all kind of, you know, cash on the barrel head. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that he's getting these types of offers considering his age. But, uh, well, he's had one, he's had I mean, one real injury, and it's granted it was a bad one, the, the calf, but I don't think there's a lot of recidivism uh, with calf injuries, like where all of a sudden he's going to definitely hurt that again. It's not like a bad knee or um, a shoulder or something like that. Um, I think he's a fairly good bet, and I think the Dodgers may finally surprise somebody and get somebody here. I'm yeah, kidding. I see. You could be right, Stan, but I think it's, it's going to be the Braves because of the great time he had. He has, like I told you, he has a great uh, relationship with the front office because most of the people in the front office were in Toronto when he was there. So I, I think it's a matter of uh, being comfortable, and I think uh, you know he's going. I think the Braves are going to be the team Bill, uh, to win him over. Bill, we got to run, but I got to get one quickie in for you. It's been about. 11 months or a little less a little more than 11 months since uh, Bryce Harper signed in Philadelphia and Manny Machado signed in San Diego are both of those teams happy with what they've gotten out of their player I would say with San Diego it's it's, it's in the middle from a scale 1 to 10 it'll be a 5 right because he had injuries as well and Harper um, Harper higher because he's brought up the attendance yeah, and, you know, he had a good year from a, from a homer and RBI standpoint. Yep. But I think they expect him to hit better. All so, right. So um, this was a guy who, who nearly won the batting title in, uh, you know, 2015. All right. Bill Latson, MLB.com. We'll talk to you next week. Happy, healthy New Year to you and your wife. All right? You too now. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, the batter round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. And want to also tell you that the latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special PressBox Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Ardeen honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. As an aside, if you follow Mo Gabba and his mom uh, on Facebook, you know that Mo is again battling uh, cancer. Okay, uh, I think this is the fifth or sixth time. Uh, it's an incredible read, and nothing in that has changed uh, since Mo and his mom are again battling this dreaded disease. Uh, inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performance, and moments of the year. Press box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. And... Real barbecue and an amazing selection of whiskey and microbrews. When you come to Blue Pit Barbecue on Union Avenue in Hamden, you get the cool atmosphere and the best barbecue in the area. All made fresh and smoked every day. Open for lunch and open late. And also open in between for dinner. Blue Pit is also great for parties and events. Go to bluepitbarbecue.com, bluepitbbq.com for menus and directions. Gary Stein joins us in just a minute. 
Okay, I'm getting an Italian cold cut with oil and vinegar. Turkey and Swiss with extra mayo for me. And I want a ham and cheese with everything. Before we go to the game, we go to Royal Farms. It's not football without a Royal Farms sub. At Royal Farms, it's all fresh. And delicious. In this town, you don't tailgate with a hoagie. You tailgate with a Royal Farms sub and world-famous chicken. Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast, real Baltimore. Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasInn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Caps season with all of the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the away Ravens games as well as the home game parties featuring Fancy Clancy Pilsner as well as game day food and drink specials. Find out about all of the parties and specials at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, one of Baltimore's original continuously operating bars. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Erdine honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. If it's happening in Baltimore sports and beyond, it's happening on Glenn Clark Radio. He is Mr. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. Glad to be back on. Ravens linebacker Matt Judon. Appreciate it, y'all. How y'all doing? He is Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Coach Mark Turgeon. You bet, guys. How you guys doing? Joe Burrow. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Coach Mike Loxley. Thanks for having me on. Baltimore's own Javante Davis. Thank you. I appreciate it. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be home. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on, Ed? Glenn and Kyle are live Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, and archived anytime. Watch Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. All right, we are back on the battle round, and we'll make our connections right now with Mr. G. Stein. Yes, sir. One of the things that uh, happened in the offseason with the Nationals is we lost one of our beat writers, Jamal Collier, who we've had on this show. Right. And uh, Jamal left MLB.com, and he essentially took Bill Latson's place. Okay. Latson, okay. He took a job in Chicago covering the Bulls. So he went. he's from Chicago, and he went home. And a little banter back and forth between him and Mark Zuckerman. Mm-hmm. And he says, I see, you know, and, and Zuck replied to him, he says, I see the Bulls are 13 and 26. Still a chance to get to 19 and 31. And we all know what happens after that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Touche, Mark Zuckerman. Right. 
All right, joining us right now is Gary Stein, sports personality, play-by-play voice of UMBC men's basketball and lacrosse, and many, many other things. Uh, he joins us right now. You're getting ready to do a UMBC game at noon, Gary? Uh, UMBC game at 1 o'clock against University of Vermont. Should be a good one. Wow, Vermont. I didn't realize that. Okay, that is should be a good game. Vermont coming off of a tough loss the other night to they lost Stony Brook, Stony Brook at home yeah. in Vermont. Only okay. the fourth time in the last 77 games that they have led at half and lost. Wow, wow. Well, they're on my fantasy basketball team, uh, college basketball really? team. That's, that, a, nah, it's that's not, a good choice. Nah, it's not very good. All of a sudden, I was doing great, and all of a sudden, you know, you know who I have on my team? And it's funny, I hate Roy Williams. I really don't like Roy Williams. <laughs> and, and this year, when I was thinking of the top six teams, I took uh, Duke, Kentucky, Louisville, Ohio State, Gonzaga, and I said, you know what? Carolina's going to be there. It'll win 23, 24 games, and they'll be there. They're horrible. How's that Ohio State thing working out for you right now? It was working yeah, out sure. very good. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's why I'm 10 games behind out of uh, out of second place or out of well, first Stanley, place. Well, Stanley, according to Roy Williams, this team, this team is the least gifted he's ever had. Yeah, well, yeah. Didn't, isn't he coaching that team, and didn't he recruit that team? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about something more agreeable. Uh, what was your spread, uh, uh, your prediction of the score of the Ravens Titans game on PressBoxOnline.com? What was your prediction? I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be closer than most people think. Uh, I, I want to say 27 20 mm-hmm. was the prediction, and I'm not sure if it was exactly that, but I think it's a seven point game. Uh, you know, I know the, uh, Vegas has a, what, 10, 10 and a half, and I could certainly see that. I just think Tennessee uh, has a, a, the ability to control pace somewhat. And um, unless the Ravens can get off to a fast start, which they may, um, I, I think Tennessee's going to stay in this game. We're talking with Gary Stein. Um, what what leads you to your belief that Tennessee can stay in that game? Uh, their rushing attack and their ability to utilize play action. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the league in both of those. In fact, after watching Tannehill over the last eight or nine games, uh, the thing that impresses me the most about him is his play action, his ball handling ability. And I think that that combination against a Raven defense that has shown at times that they are not able to defend against the run, especially players, you know, running backs getting to the edge, that could be an issue today. Well, that's the whole thing. If, if the play action is going to be successful Henry's going to have to have a big day rushing the football. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go off for 180 like he did pretty much against the Patriots. However, uh, this this also fits into what we were talking about earlier, uh, and that's the time of possession. The, the Ravens have consistently been almost a 2-1 time of possession team against their opponents all year long. And even though Henry is so good in the backfield for them, their time of possession is is like 30th in the league. So I still think from the Ravens' standpoint, they run the football. There's no reason why they don't win this game like they've won most of them this year. Yeah, and I agree, and I predict the Ravens to win this game. But I just think that, uh, again, I think out of all the teams still left in the postseason, especially the AFC, I think that uh, Tennessee has the ability to control clock. Uh, they have the ability to shorten the game, keep Lamar on the bench. 
And to a certain degree, I think that's going to happen today. I think the key for Baltimore is starting fast. If they can, you know, and they've generally done that this season. I don't know what the number is, but touchdowns, I think, maybe on 11 of 16 first drives, maybe more. If they do that and get Tennessee in a 7-0 hole, changes totally changes the complexion of the game. Gary, your pick was 27-17, so you're right there on the on the spread line. Uh, the, the, the climate for tonight's game, the temperature, does that help or hurt either team? I, I don't think it helps or hurts either team, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, what's it supposed to be, about 60, 62 degrees, 58, something like something that? Something like that net. at game time, yep. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, I, I think it benefits both teams, to be honest with you. Uh, are, are you aware of the rain situation? Because I have not followed that. Uh, the, rain, um, the rain situation, the last I heard this morning like. was it was supposed to hold off until the overnight period. So maybe we, okay. get, lo- maybe we get lucky tonight. All right, so I think it'll be fairly clean then as far as that's concerned. Look, I, you know, when you get into the playoffs, and both of these teams have demonstrated the ability to play in different types of weather, uh, I think a 60-degree, you know, fairly dry, I don't, I don't say it's going to be clear, but fairly dry would, would probably not benefit or not hinder either of these teams. I would call that a wash. What's the other factor in this in terms of, and we had Mike Shallon on earlier, and he says it's the old, when you, when, when you look at yeah. this game, it's the old, well, what about the layoff? And if the Ravens come out... And, and they go gangbusters right down the field, big-time drive, and get on the board first. Then they say, well, you know, the layoff well, didn't hurt them. Right. Uh, but if they struggle in that first half, everybody's going to say, well, you know, that layoff. And, and some of these guys went three weeks without playing. Yeah, because you're not only talking about the, the bye week uh, for a lot of the key players. They didn't play the last week of the season. So for several of these players, they haven't really played since week 16 versus the Cleveland Browns. I think, look, my, my philosophy in general, guys, and I think Stan and I, you, you, you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. Look, I, you know, I don't know about that, okay? It's all conjecture how um, the, the layoff is going to affect the team. Is it good? Is it bad? Are they rusty? Are they not? You know, Tennessee's been playing. Basically, Tennessee's been in the playoffs for three or four weeks now, yeah. okay? So I don't know. That's all conjecture. All, so I tend to trust and look at what happens on the field. Okay, so to me, the biggest key for Tennessee, as it is for any team, is how are they going to control Lamar Jackson? What strategy is Dean Pease going to employ to be able to neutralize, and if not neutralize, at least minimize mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's ability? Okay, that's that's what I look at. Okay, and to be honest, I don't know the answer. Okay, I don't think a spy is the answer. Because now I think you're devoting too much attention to Lamar. You're taking another guy away from your defense. I think the, the key for Tennessee is keeping Lamar in the pocket. Right. It's forcing Lamar and making him beat you with his arm from the pocket. Now that's easier said than done. Because the Ravens have designed plays to get Lamar out of the pocket. And I'm not even talking about passing the ball. I'm talking about, about design run plays to the edge. So it's, good. it's a very tall task. Well, now, and, that's why, and that's the key here. Well, now, to me, uh, keeping him in the pocket, to me, is the best way if, you're, if I'm a defensive coordinator. Now, you think back to last year and what the Chargers did in that playoff game with the extra defensive back, and really that kind of shut down the outside as far as him being able to do damage. But the, 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 the opposite side of that is Lamar is a much better passer this year than he was at the end of last year. 
not only that, Craig, but he's a much better ball handler. Yeah, and, than, he, and he hasn't he, turned it over, right. Correct. So, yeah, I'm not sure that that, I think if, if they do that, and they can certainly try that, I think if they do that, I think they, I think uh, Baltimore will now pound the ball. Uh, and and Lamar in that you know in that RPO run pass option situation is like like we just said is a much better ball handler this year. Plus he's got Mark Ring- uh, Mark Ingram. Hopefully we'll see uh, who gives them another dimension. So again I get back to Dean Pease. What is Tennessee going to do in order to minimize Lamar? And so, you know look he's a lot more experienced at it than I am. I, I really don't know what the answer is. Yeah, to be so honest. so and, when you say the key, both of you have said sort of the key would be to contain him and keep him in the pocket, that presupposes that we're not going to be successful being proactive, having him run the ball in option formats. And uh, I, I just that, – that is really easier said than done because they're not – the Ravens aren't going to stop running the football with Lamar, uh, you know, after one failed series. They're going to be at it all game long. No, I totally agree. And that's why stopping this Ravens offense, nobody's really done it. And, 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 and you're exactly right. Just because you want to keep Lamar in the pocket, again, like, like you said, you said it perfect, presupposes the fact that they're not going to try to get Lamar out on the edge to run the ball. You know, I, you know, you know we've said that before. So, yeah, that's why this is very difficult, and that's why I think the Ravens have the edge. Gary, I know you're an X's and O's guy because you watch a lot of film during the week, and you and you watch you you really watch it intelligently when the game is on. Uh, the other day, I called you, and you kind of understood exactly what he was talking about. Lorenzo Alexander was on an XM radio show, and they asked him, and he said, "Every time Lamar has the ball, I would get into the position that I'd want to be in to contain him." And this is a linebacker. And he said, and all of a sudden, there's this 320-pound guy in front of me. And he was alluding to Ricard, Patrick Ricard, uh, the tight end defensive uh, defensive lineman. Um, they call it a jet motion. Can you describe that to our fans out there? I mean, basically what happens, and Ravens fans have seen this, you know, before the snap, the Ravens will bring, most of the time, Hollywood Brown, sometimes Chris Moore in that situation, maybe even Willie Sneed, right. will come across the line of scrimmage, you know, right at or around the snap of the ball. And what's important about that is if you're an edge container like Lorenzo Alexander is, now all of a sudden you've got another guy to worry about right, uh, right around the snap of the ball, right around the line of scrimmage to think, what am I going to do? What is my responsibility here with this jet sweep potential? Because you've got you know either Ingram and or Edwards in the backfield, you've got the fullback, you've got a receiver now all of a sudden at the line of scrimmage, and you've got the quarterback. Right. So my point to you is, and it always has been, you know, in order to contain Lamar, you really have to be quick. You, you can't think. You've just got to react. Right. The, the second the offense has the, a defender at the line of scrimmage thinking mm-hmm. they've won the play. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's what Lorenzo Alexander was talking about, is that wrinkle that the Ravens produce at the line of scrimmage pre-snap forces defenders to think a little more, and if that's the case, the Ravens have won the play. And it's not only that they have to think more, even if they guess correctly, then you've got this this unique, you know, blocker in the way, and that also provides just enough, another second of deceit 
uh, as to how you're going to get around that blocker to get Lamar, and that, again, gets you thinking of what you got to do. When they have Ricard in the game, guys, as you know, they basically have six offensive linemen. Yeah. And, you know, and again, depending on how many people are stacking the box for the defense, plus a tight end who a lot of times comes across the line of scrimmage, you could have six, seven guys out in front of you making, you know, making plays. What is Tannehill going to be able to take advantage of? And obviously Henry's a big part of this, but what do you think he's going to be able to take advantage of against this Ravens defense that they may be vulnerable at? I think they got to get to the edge, Craig. Um uh, you know, and again, that is Henry, obviously. Maybe Henry gets involved a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, he's not a prolific pass catcher. Doesn't mean he can't do it. Uh, probably the biggest difference between him and Mark Ingram at this point. But, um, you know, he did have a big uh, catch against uh, against the Patriots, obviously. I think if they can get him out into space and create something out there, I think that'll be an advantage for them. You know, the one thing that's interesting, and I think he's maybe one of the keys to the Tennessee offense, is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is yeah. the most prolific rookie receiver in the league this year, way over Hollywood Brown. And, you know, it, again, the Ravens have bookend all-pro cornerbacks in, um, you know, Humphrey and Peters, but can A.J. Brown make a difference? Can he blow the top off the defense, make it a little softer, and allow some things underneath? If so, okay, if the Ravens are going to track him, and if he can make a play downfield, what does that open up for Jonu Smith underneath? who all of a sudden has become a fairly good weapon in the second half of the season for Tannehill. So I think it's those types of things that kind of Tennessee is going to prod around and see what's available to them and see the right combination. At the end of the day, though, uh, when there are going to be opportunities to get three points, how about Tennessee's kicking game? I think they're on their fifth kicker. I don't think this guy that they have now, Joseph is his last name, I think, uh, yeah, I don't great. think he's. I don't think he's yeah. kicked a single field goal this year. You know, and and I read about Greg Joseph. I think he's got. I, you you may want to look this up. I think he's got Baltimore ties. Either he lived here or he went to school. I forget exactly. But regardless of that, um, yeah, I mean that's an issue. You know, certainly in a closer game. But if you think it's going to be a ten point game, Stanley then I don't know that that's going to be a huge issue. But I'll tell you one thing I like about Tennessee, and that kind of, this kind of usurps that, is you know Tennessee's the number one team in the league in red zone touchdown percentage. Right, and that's When they a, get inside the 20, they convert. Uh, yep. And we'll see if the Ravens can stop that. And, now, and, granted, the Ravens are like number two against, you know, in that situation against, so we'll see. And everybody talks, <laughs> about, everybody talks about Lamar Jackson, how good he's been taking care of the football, and, and when he gets into the red zone himself, he's converted uh, for this team and, and gotten them touchdowns. But that was the one thing John Harbaugh said back on Tuesday was the fact that, hey, look, Ryan Tannehill's been just as effective, so we can't discount that. You know, it's, it, Craig, you're absolutely right, and it really is a fascinating matchup. You know, I get the rest of the country, and maybe even Ravens fans for that matter, because we've been spoiled, 14-2, and best regular season record, best record ever in Ravens uh, history, 12-game winning streak, which, by the way, in regular season winning streaks, that 12-game winning streak, I think, is 7th or 8th in the history of the league. But regardless of that, you know, and, and it's a 1-6 matchup, 
regardless of that, it's a fascinating matchup. Tennessee's playing with house money. They're going to come in. They're loose. They just beat the defending champions on the road. They have nothing to lose. They've got they've got a really great young coach in Mike Vrabel. I like He's taken a lot away from New England and how they do things. I think this is a really, really tight matchup here. I do think the Ravens are going to win, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Okay, real quick, Greg Joseph. I can't find a Baltimore connection, but he was born in Johannesburg, South Africa. He played his college ball at Florida Atlantic. Here's his season by season. 14 field goals made in 2014 on 20 attempts. The next season, 18 out of 27. Third season, his junior year, 10 out of 14. And his last season, 15 out of 21. For his career in college, which ended in 2017, he made 56 while missing I mean, 56 out of 82, a 69, wow. a 69.5 percentage well, rate. Now, well, now, wait a minute. Johannesburg, that's between Dundalk and Essex, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. It, it sort of is. All it right. sort of is. I think you can't pick two kicking games that are more, you know, separated. They're 180 degrees apart in the ball yeah. game. And all I'm talking about, I don't think it's going to be a close game, but if it's got the chance to be close – and he misses a big field goal early, it could psychologically hurt the Titans, I think. Very true. Uh, I, I, I totally agree. And those numbers, I, I, I wasn't aware of those numbers, but those numbers obviously prove it. You know, if you want to really get into the kicking game, uh, the uh, kicker for Tennessee, Kern, the punter, yeah. what a year he's had. Yeah, he's All had a pro, big year. Yep. If, it, if it becomes a field position game, don't discount Kern. We, I mean, we know what Sam Cook can do, obviously, yep. but Kern is right up there. Hey, real quick, Gary, because I know you're, you got some prep to do for the game today. Again, at UMBC, Vermont, uh, the Catamounts versus the UMBC Retrievers at 1 o'clock at the Event Center. I wish I had sort of gotten my schedule together. I would have liked to have been at that game. But anyway, earlier today at 435, Minnesota against San Francisco. San Francisco is a seven-point favorite. All week long, I I love San Francisco. And then I heard something the other day, one of the experts on XM was talking about the 2017 win that the Vikings had, that shocker at the end of the game against New Orleans. And the following week, they didn't show up at all. Um, And he said that this person, this expert, said he feels that Minnesota will keep their feet solidly on the ground for prepping for this game. They will come out. They won't be in the clouds having won a dramatic game. They will they will sort of keep their powder dry. Uh, who do you like in that game, Minnesota or San Francisco? Well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that because you and I had that conversation a little earlier in the week. Yeah. Um, after, after that conversation, yep. okay, I decided, I, you know what, let me go back and take a look at San Francisco a little closer. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really look at more film, but what I did do was look at some of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And after the, Ra- after the Ravens beat them in the second half of the year, their schedule got a lot harder, right. and they played a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, 
Garoppolo uh, basically faced like you know in the first eight games of the year basically faced like the the, the bottom half of the league uh-huh. in terms of defense and pass defense, and then in the second half of the season the competition ratcheted up a notch, and obviously they didn't do as well. Uh, then I started to look a little deeper in some numbers, some third down conversion statistics, uh, you know, some key things that I look at to predict offense, mm-hmm. and I got and I became very unimpressed. Um, I'm still going to stick with San Francisco because of home field advantage. To win, and I think that to they win. have more weapons than Minnesota, but I think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to I'm going to hop on the Kirk Cousins bus and ride really? it and ride it all, all the, the way, way to yeah. the Super Bowl. Right. Well, no, because I just think that I'm. No, I mean, I wonder. The Super Bowl, not... I wonder how many you. We talk about experience all the time. Yeah. What kind of experience in the playoffs does Jimmy Garoppolo have? Yeah. None? He doesn't. All right. Two, 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 uh, two snaps and mop-up duty. <laughs> exactly. Are we all in agreement tomorrow KC handles Houston uh, with quick dispatch? It's a 10-point game. I I think so. What I'm looking forward to in that game, it's supposed to snow like a mother, and I and I love that. I love so, that, too. Reminds me of Ed Podolak. Now, but now here's the big question, since you used the meteorological phrase. How many inches in a mother? <laughs> Anywhere from six to twelve. Right. <laughs> well, that'll suffice, I'm sure. The, tri- the, the trickiest game of the weekend is Seattle plays in Green Bay on Sunday, and is it supposed to snow like a mother there too? Yeah, And they've they've they're offering people like fifteen, sixteen bucks an hour to come in and, and shovel, in, yeah. shovel out the stadium. Yeah. Well, how you want to go out there, Green Bay? I, know, let, I got the day it. off tomorrow. Well, let's face it. Let's All go. Right. All right. Uh, uh, Gary, you know, have a good broad yeah. have a good broadcast today. All right, thank you, my man. I'll see you guys tonight. All right, see you soon. All right, that's Gary uh, Stein. Oh boy, hey, uh, I want to hold up, uh, and you and I are going to be talking the rest of the way through. Yeah, this is our hundred block pool. Now, this was filled out five five weeks ago, five six weeks ago. So mm-hmm. we had about thirty five forty. We're at about 90 right now. We sold out 90 of the blocks. We have like two weeks to sell it out because we can't wait until the Super Bowl. We have to have it at our numbers drawing event on the 28th of January, Tuesday before the Super Bowl. Um, And you know the way these 100-block pools work. If you get the block that one of the quarters the score ends 13-7, to the three and the seven, you know, if you match up correctly – uh, you're going to win for your charity, and that's right. You're playing for charity here. $175 a block, and we give away $12,000, $3,000 a quarter. First quarter, $3,000. Second quarter, $3,000. Third quarter, $3,000. And then the fourth winner is on the final score of the game in case there's a tie. What happens if your charity is you? No, you can't play for yeah, you. No, no, no. no you got to put. You got to mark all right, down. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. You play for like Ronald McDonald House or Hazala of Baltimore. Team up for one. Special Olympics of Maryland. The Orioles play every year for Jubilee Arts, and they also play for where's Masson's block? Masson, they play for the Greater Mondawmin coordinating council then we have some people to play for the foundation for appraisal education zero prostate challenge extreme family outreach anyway the point i'm making is you play for a charity 175 dollars for the block 
email my partner and the managing partner, Pressbox, and Jay Moore, John Colson at John C., and he'll send you a link, and you can pay for it online and be invited to our numbers drawing event at Citron on the 28th of January for a happy hour 6 to 8 event. Also want to thank our friends at Chesapeake Urology who have sponsored this each and every year for the last six or seven years. We've done it, Craig. This is our 10th year doing it. We've raised over $105,000 for charity. This okay. year we'll go over one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars all right and you could play somebody could play for the craig heist foundation well yeah yeah needy needy children exactly right. yeah yeah i play for a finishing school for young girls you know. <laughs> anyway all kidding aside right john c um yes I, you know i ran i ran a commercial on that uh, this will be our last show <laughs> lady <laughs> never mind anyway <laughs> years ago i had a friend of mine who liked uh, younger women not in the the Jeffrey Epstein right, class, right, right. But he was forty five. He yeah. liked twenty two, twenty three year old women, and uh, we, I ran an ad on WCBM once for the uh, Neil Wolfson School for f- the finishing school right. for young girls. Once you see him, you're finished. Is that anything, anyway, is that anything like the Dade County Center for the Performing Arts? No, it's not <laughs> exactly like that. Not exactly like that. Um, your thoughts on some of these other games? Uh, do, do you like you like uh, Kirk Cousins to keep this game close? I, I like him to keep it close. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think uh, a lot was uh, made of him not winning big games, and a lot's been made of him not winning in prime time and that kind of thing. But hey, look, I saw the guy down in Washington for five years, and uh, I know what he's capable of. And uh, he needs he needs to have a decent running game, but he's also got Stephon Diggs. He's got Thielen. Uh, he's got weapons to use if they protect him, and that's going to be the biggest part of that game for me is how well they protect him because the 49ers' defensive pass rush is out of sight. Um, then tomorrow, I think we'd agree that the Kansas City-Houston game is going to be a blowout. Well, I, I don't know how much of a blowout be. it's going to be. I and guess if like it's Gary, snowy, I guess. Like uh, Gary said, that could be the equalizer. Deshaun Watson, yeah. yeah, Deshaun Watson could keep it close then. Um, who do you set, who do you tend to like in the Seattle-Green Bay game? Uh, I don't play anything past uh, put, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson yeah, and, I love and, Russell and the Packers Wilson. and, I mean, uh, the, and the, the Seahawks. Seahawks. But, again, that's going to be probably the most entertaining game in my mind this weekend. Uh, just because of the two quarterbacks and what they bring to the table. All right. And if it's snowing, if it's snowing in Green Bay, that's another factor because along with that obviously comes the cold. And in Green Bay, snow and cold is going to be a little bit worse there than it would be with snow and cold, I think, in Kansas City. All right. I just tend to think that Aaron Rodgers and his new coach aren't fully on the same page yet. Uh, I think that's a relationship that's – going to develop your thoughts on a couple of the coaches uh the coaching changes in the nfl you like uh, ron rivera at the redskins helm i like the uh hire as long as he is able to, to do what he wants do what he needs to do uh and i'm not so sure again i always run the caveat you you, you know who owns that team yeah that said two coach of the years a, a trip to the Super Bowl, a 15-1 and season, and yet in the nine years in Carolina, in Carolina, he only had three winning seasons. Right. So, uh, 
Boy, know, that surprises me. How, how much of a difference is this going to make? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Who do you think ends up the general manager? Are there any uh, names who knows? being I have no idea. And yeah, Could it be John know, Dorsey? It could be, but I, I do know that they, uh, from an offensive standpoint, they hired North, North Turner's son uh, to be the offensive coordinator. Really? Jack Del Rio is going to be the defensive coordinator. So, I mean, if, if Jack Del Rio is involved, then that's a solid football guy. So North Turner's son's going to be the OC? Yeah. Okay. What's his name? Do you know? Uh, it, is, it eludes me right now. It's not now. Trey Turner, is it? No, it's not Trey Turner. That would mean we would have two of those in the same <laughs> town. Um, no, I was thinking it would be the same guy. <laughs> no. He's fast enough to do both. No. You Scott, know. I want to say Scott. Scott. I'm not sure. All right. Boy, there are a lot of. Scott. Scott, yeah. Scott, you were right. Yeah. There, there are a lot of these. Uh, God, you got Kyle Shanahan, you got uh, Schottenheimer that are offensive minds. And the off, uh, one of the uh, other coaches, the offensive one of the offensive coaches for the Redskins just left. He's going to team up in in L.A. with the Rams. So um, again, a lot of changes, uh, and and it's interesting to see how many. Redskins, ex-Redskins coaches now are finding jobs in different places. Yeah, where will Jay Gruden end up? Who knows? And, yeah. uh, you know, th there's a guy that I always like. You, you think he could end up with his brother? It's possible. You had the it, Ryans it, it, uh, for it, a while. It, it, it's or... possible. Who knows? Uh, but I always liked Jay. I thought he got a bad rap a lot of times, but his hands were so tied. Yeah. And, you know, the, the second time Joe Gibbs was there, they made the playoffs two of the four years he was there. Mm -hmm. Lost to Seattle at Seattle in both of those years that they did get to the postseason. Right. But the thing with Joe Gibbs is is that instead of being able to coach the football team all the time, right. he was so damn busy putting other fires out along the way, created by the owner primarily. Right. And you know, after four years, that was a five year deal when yeah. he came back, and he never made the fifth year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He's a classy guy, though. He never really bashed the owner. No, the no, owner no. Was, and, and the to owner this was day, a big fan of his. To yeah. this day, he still supports the yeah. Redskins, the owner, the whole yeah. thing, and what and you know what Dan's trying to do. You know that kind of thing. One day they will turn it around. You know. They well, will. yeah. And, uh, but I know. don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be with him as the owner because, like I said, you can win sometimes despite yourself. Yeah. And they've proven they did that. I mean, the, the one year they won the division, uh, early on in Snyder's regime, where they had Brad Johnson as their quarterback, 28 touchdown passes, uh, 4,000 yards passing, and hadn't made the playoffs in seven years. And they win the division on the f second of the final week in San Francisco, mm -hmm. uh, either on a Sunday night or a Monday night. And they go, and they're basically... A, a, a botched field goal snap away from going to the NFC Championship game, and they would have played. Uh, they would have played the Rams in St. Louis then, right. the greatest show on tur on yep. turf. Yep. Uh, but the the field goal down in Tampa was blocked at the line of scrimmage. The attempt, and uh, I'll never forget it. Frank Hanrahan and I were standing underneath the goalpost, right. waiting for the ball to come up. Man, the ball nah, never ball came. never came out. <laughs> question as we go to break right now if they had played that game and you didn't attend the game if it was in st louis where would you have watched the game would it have been the costas in uh well if i wasn't covering it yeah, oh, yeah I right. would have, absolutely uh, what's that's the, the best place to watch football yeah why why is it well because you have uh crabs 
crabs, crab, crab cakes, cakes crab right? Soup. Great food. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, uh, all of the TVs, the plasma TVs, and the Costas in the bar area, and they're the all one big screen, the game, right? The one big screen in the dining room. They're all aimed at the game. They all have the games on, and usually with the uh, audio pipe through the system. So, so it's a great place tonight. Oh, absolutely. At 4100 North Point Boulevard to wear your purple. You can't get to the game. You don't have that 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 oppressive heat, you know, right. because will they turn the air conditioner on at the cost? They may have to tonight. They may have to tonight. All right. But anyway, great place tonight to wear your purple. Order your crabs early, 410-477-1975. We're not even going to bother giving you the specials the other nights of the week because you can do that this week. And hopefully, if the Ravens win tonight, you can do it next Sunday. Go to the Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. Uh, And uh, we will tell you about one more sponsor before we take our break. And that is our friends at, there it is, Live Casino Hotel. And we are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel studios. Um, Their brand new music venue, The Hall at Live is open and it's going to host lots of world-class entertainment 2020 spend valentine's day with soulful grammy award winner jill scott who headlines the hall at live on february 14th doors open at 8 p.m tickets start at just 43 dollars 99 cents and are available now at livecasinohotel.com other great shows coming to the hall at live this year include squeeze february 29th OAR, March 14th, Adam Sandler, March 19th, Air Supply, April 3rd, Josh Groban, April 16th, Patti LaBelle, May the 2nd, and Gabriel Iglesias on August 22nd. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com. We remind you that the Battle Round each and every week is brought to you by the Live Casino Hotel Studio, where we our broadcasting. We'll be right back to close things out after this. Pizza Blitz, the favorite pizza place of offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman and his wife Nikki, invites you to try all of their Italian specialties. Pizza Blitz makes their entire menu with classic Italian family recipes. The dough and everything else is made fresh every day. Pizza Blitz, located in Quarry Lake, is the perfect family stop for great pizza as well as incredible wings, subs, and salads. You can even BYOB. Pizza Blitz is located at 2622 Quarry Lake Drive, just inside the Beltway. See the full menu at pizzablitzcorylake.com. PressBox's Project Game Day is back as we'll be with you to react immediately during and after every Baltimore football game this season. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime with various guests joining him the moment the game wraps up, including the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, PressBox's Ken Zalis, and Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. PressBox's Project Game Day is made possible by great partners. Costa Sin, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. Like PressBox on Facebook at facebook.com slash PressBox Sports. And watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. 
Celebrate Baltimore's dominant offensive line with the brand new Most Valuable Protectors t-shirts, which recognize how the incredible O-line has helped pave the way for an MVP quarterback. When you buy the MVP shirt, not only will you be supporting the team, you'll also be donating to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation and their efforts to eliminate bullying in schools. Available in white and gray for just $25, the long sleeve version just $29.99. Go now to bozemanshirt.com. That's bozemanshirt.com. Buy a shirt, support your team, and help stop bullying. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special Press Box Best of 2019 issue presented by Maryland Sports Commission. On the cover, we recognize Lamar Jackson as Athlete of the Year, and Bill Dean honors the inspirational Mo Gabba as our Sports Person of the Year. Inside the issue, we celebrate the top people, performances, and moments of the year. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square now offers their piping hot chicken noodle and chicken tortilla soup. Shredded chicken breast with navy and black beans in a white creamy soup base with a perfect blend of vegetables and spicy heat. Topped off with seasoned corn tortilla strips, obviously perfect for cold weather. Plus, it's a great compliment to the best chicken sandwich on the planet. And if you're hosting or headed to a party, pre-order from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Catering for not only is it delicious and a fan favorite, but it smells amazing and it'll be ready when you are. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A, 410-931-0031. All right, we are back with a final word or two on today's program. We were talking about the Costas Inn and uh, how what a great place that would be to go over and watch the uh, Ravens tonight. If you're not going to the game, you don't have a ticket. So you uh, called in at, and you're at, not no, going to no, the at, game now? No, no, at 8 p.m. Yes. You know, game kicks at 8.15. Right. $3 Miller Light Aluminum Pints, two fifty Coors Light Drafts, $6 Orange Crushes, $1 Oysters, eleven ninety five Crab Imperial Toast, fourteen ninety five pound of steamed shrimp. Wow. And you get that with the onions, either on top or on now, the side. Did somebody send that to you just now? No. Oh, you, it was it was on their website. Oh, a friend of mine, it, oh. you know, yeah. And eight ninety five. Friend of yours, I know you have eight, friends. Eight ninety five popcorn, shrimp, and right. fries, and seven ninety five appetizer combo, which will be. I love those dollar oysters. Right, man. That the is dollar oysters deal. are the best because yeah. you can, you know, twenty dollars, you're there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can say, well, that oyster. Right. Uh, you only gave me eleven. Well, on the other, by by the time. You know, you, you have about 20 oysters, you're not going to stick around and watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be doing? <laughs> uh, you'll find something, All I'm right. sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Anyway, right? It's kind of like a natural version of Viagra. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. They're Ersters. Who knows? Ersters. That's right. Uh, all right. Game time tonight, 8-15. Right. At M&T Bank Stadium. Hope you're there. Again, if you can't be there... The place to watch it is the Costas Inn. No right. question about it. Uh, sliders, just slightly second. Uh, seriously, Sliders, a very fine sponsor of our show. Great place to go down before the game. Get there maybe 5.30, 6 o'clock. Eat dinner there and then walk right over to the stadium. Right. All right. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, we are out of here. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow, Project Game Day. 
Glenn Clark at halftime, excuse me, not tomorrow, tonight. tonight. Project game day at halftime of tonight's game. Roughly, what, about 9.15? Uh, 9.15 to 9.30. 9.30-ish, maybe, 9.25-ish. <coughs> yeah. uh, uh, halftime of the game, and then Project Game Day with Ken Zalis and Glenn Clark at the end of tonight's game. All right? Enjoy it. Glenn Clark, Kyle Ottenheimer back here Monday morning, and uh, go Ravens. <laughs>